I'm not too bad, thank you. Lovely long weekend. Uh, much to your annoyance, as it was very busy at work yesterday. Yeah, it's alright for some. Yeah, lovely. So, as always, uh, WF is volume one, WCW is volume two. We're in volume three with Atlanta Extreme. Um, obviously, if you like this show, please chuck some money towards us on Patreon. It helps keep the bills down, so you know, the cost of hosting and all that wonderfulness. But it is time for some news. Mr. Yelly, do you have some headlines? I do indeed, but only because you gave them to me. It's Taz is off to the Fed. So Taz has signed a deal with the WWF, which will begin in the new year. Heyman has said that he has contacted the WWF and informed them that Taz is contractually bound to the ECW due to a previous agreement, which being a handshake, which apparently is legally binding in New York, until the end of the year. Reportedly, Vince didn't object to this terms, and Taz will debut as a heel in the new year using the same name and gimmick. New world champ. So, we have a new ECW World Heavyweight Champion. It is Mike Awesome, and we will go into that more on the pay-per-view. Raven is back and a champ. So, just after receiving his release from WCW... Raven signed a one-year contract with ECW. Within 10 minutes of Bischoff's meeting in Las Vegas, Raven was already on the phone to Paulie discussing a possible return and coming to terms, with, coming up two terms and making up his first appearance in Queens. The contract is believed to be around three grand a week for Raven, and uh, it's expressed that he was making £325,000 a year whilst in WCW, they expect to make around the same amount of money, but with only 200 dates. He turned up in a magical moment, coming to the rescue of his long-term nemesis, Tommy Dreamer, and won the Tag Team Championships in a surprise that no one saw coming. The clowns are not down with ECW. Whoop whoop. <laughs> So the ICP, the Insane Clown Posse, were originally booked to appear at Anarchy Rules this month, but they pulled out of the agreement when they were told they would have to do the jobs Tommy Dreamer and Raven. They apparently told ECW that WCW had promised one of them a cruiserweight title shot <laughs> and a cruiserweight championship. They're both fat fucks. <laughs> I know. And unless Heyman agreed to let them win their first match, they weren't going to come and they would stay at WCW after Shocking. All. God damn clowns. What are the juggalos and juggalettes going to do? Uh, probably take meth. <laughs> Drink Fago. So standard. Yeah, yeah, nothing new. And lastly... Pay-per-view numbers make for good reading. So, the buy rate figures, as of yet, aren't available, but... 
Anarchy Rules has broke several company records. The company drew its highest gate ever at $208,000 with 6,600 uh, 6, fans in attendance. And they purchased over $60,000 in merchandise. They also held a fan convention during that day, which 2,400 fans attended at $10 a head. And during that, brought another $18,000 worth of merchandise. Amazing, that's really kind of brilliant. That's one of those of obviously with money yeah. always being an issue with ECW. Mm. It's good to see yeah. people putting their hands in their pockets. Yeah, but up. is it one of those issues where they're probably potentially in debt up to their eyeballs, whatever they make? Is that just constantly being written off? So are they constantly? Is, are they still crawling themselves out of debt even with this record gate and everything? Because it's like, yeah, that's great. We've made three hundred thousand pounds or dollars. Sorry. Um, on the pay-per-view we still owe 500,000 but yeah we're getting there like it's a chunk but like well, as long as they pay the boys and pay their bills then they're fine I'm sure well there was obviously that little bit with um, the fact of the TNN deal supposedly they're getting half of the money they make at the gate and half mm. the money they make on merchandise so mm. whether that's going to cause a bit of a stink when mm, it comes yeah. to it. I mean, the thing is, is it that TNN are then funding some of it? Are they paying for the venues? Are they doing other things? Because obviously, um, if you, they're basically almost going into some sort of partnership with ECW, it's a pretty shitty partnership and a pretty shitty deal if, if everything's still coming out of ECW's pocket. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they're picking up some of the tabs. It would be. So we will go into the TV for the month. It opens on the TNN show with Taz versus Tajiri, Taz winning with the Taz mission. We then find out that Joel Gertner is going to be the new TNN colour commentator. This pleased me greatly. Mm. I wonder how long that will last. Uh, I love Joel Gertner. Everything about him is odious and disgusting, but it's meant to be. Um, like he is just cretinous in his language and what he says and does, but that's the whole point of the character. Um, so it translates to the kind of people who watch ECW, scum, you know you are. Um, but it's one of those. It's just like oh, mainstream audience. Like I know. I know the whole thing with ECW, even now it's on TNN, is that it's still underground, it's still different, it's nothing else, but yeah, I don't know, the problem is it's like, what's it like, you heard a bit of him, but I mean you didn't really see, apart from his promos when he comes out, which is all rehearsed and all written down and all figured out for him, what's he like off the cuff, like that's going to be the interesting thing for me, Yeah. is seeing what he's like with like, I mean is he going to... I mean, obviously, no one's ever going to match people like Bobby Heenan for their one-liners, but is that the role he's going to take up? Will he actually be okay at doing things off the cuff? Because mm. it is like, with his, well, 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 suck my dick, your mum does this, blah, blah, blahs. Like, it's pretty obvious that that's all written down. He probably comes up with that with somebody else, possibly. I don't know, it might be all on his own. And so, I do, from what I've heard, it is all his own creation, but obviously, mm. he, that is yeah. not off the cuff. That's going to no. be... Yeah, so I mean, obviously, you with any form of commentary, um, you are reacting to what happens. Uh, some things can be spontaneous, 
So it may be interesting to see how his character translates that way. So, following the uh, announcement, we hear that Jerry Lynn will be challenging RBD at next week's show. We get a surprise tag team match mm. where the Dudleys go against Spike and Balls. Yeah. And the Dudleys win the titles again for the eighth time with a 3D on Spike. I thought they'd left already. I'm confused when they came out. Yeah, I, I thought that that was all done. Because and... that, yeah, like last, the last um, month, it very much made out like when they lost the titles to Balls and Spike, that was them done, them gone. So yeah. to see them here, I was a bit like, you what, mate? Have I missed something? Like, yeah, I was a bit confused by that. So, And then we get, which will be, this will be the very last Dudley's promo yeah. Where we, they go all in on Tommy Dreamer, and you will hear that now. Boys are back. They're going to kick us when we're down. What the hell else? What kind of trouble are they going to make now for us? Damn it. In ECW, boys become men. Joel, you know these guys better than anyone. Where are they going with all this? I'm afraid to speculate where they're going, but there's only one way to find out. Yes. Watch the monitor. But you're so helpful. Just leave with our belt. Now that we've beaten 
do something we should have did and finished a long time ago. Chant any name you want if they hit this ring. Until, out of fucking nowhere, 
Mm. Raven comes in, hits the even flow, gets the win. New tag champs, Raven and Dreamer. Can we not gloss over Devon's selling of the chair shot, please? Because <laughs> it was fucking incredibly... I don't know what it was. I thought he'd hit him so hard that it actually made him have some sort of fit. I was like, these are generally hurt him there. I love Devon selling. It's over the top. The little leg shake he does. He's fucking brilliant. Yeah, and he, you know, he, I think he is the best seller of a chair shot. Well, the thing is, he's almost pantomime villain in how he sells, and I fucking love it. It's so over the top. It's so ridiculous. It's so unbelievable. It's brilliant. It is wonderful. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, we mentioned it in the news that uh, Mr. Mr. Raven is back in the fold. Mm. So, what are your thoughts of him coming back, the way that he came back, and then also the fact of he's teaming with Tommy? Well, yeah. I mean, is this all being done? Obviously, the surprise elements there, because like even to the mega, mega smart fans that knew he may have gone from WCW, um, and probably half expected him to either show up back in ECW or in the Fed. Mm. Um, the good thing is they probably wouldn't have expected him to come out at that moment still. Yeah. And make that save. So, I mean, that worked really well. I think um, it'll be interesting, though, because this be, is this just... Um, obviously, they feuded for, Jesus Christ, most of ECW. Yeah, they? The, that first formative three years of ECW was, was just, just them, them two going, going at, at it. it. And yeah. obviously, the whole thing was Tommy could never get the win. Yeah, but he burned Beulah, so he, he won, really, didn't he? Yes. Like, he stole Beulah McGilligatti, so he won Pornhub.com. Check it out, ladies and gents. Um... So yeah, I mean, but is this being set up so eventually one of them turns again and they reignite their feud? And yeah, it'd be interesting to see where it plays out. I mean, he's such a good fit for ECW Raven. Like, there's when you think about ECW, there's probably you can count on one hand the people you actually think of. One of them is Tommy Dreamer. The other is Sabu. The other is Rob Van Dam. You can the Dudleys obviously, and you'd probably put Raven in there as yeah. well because he's such he was such an instrumental part of that company getting on the map. That I mean, it's hard. So it's, it's, yeah, because as you say, he was pretty much always the mainstay in the main storyline of mm. what was going on. Yeah, with Stevie Richards and everything like that so it's yeah it's it's going to be good to see him back and see how that plays out whether whether they actually sort of have some sort of truce and actually go on a long reign with the belts but i can't see it because the thing is that like all the packages have been about the fact they've got bad blood and they don't yeah. get on and this that and the other they're never going to be friends do you know what i mean was to say it will sort of a little bit of foreshadowing for the rest of the month but when every time these two have a mat tag match mm. Raven isn't in the match until right at the end he comes in hit the DDT yeah wins the match and fucks off yeah I like that, that yeah sort of idea of he's he's not doing it because he wants to be yeah friends. he's doing it sort of partially as and it's, I'm, yeah. I'm doing this to you yeah, like you've yeah. never won a title, and the thing is, that I'm gonna let you, yeah, I've done it. I'm gonna let you take a fucking beating before yeah. I save you. 
and there's also the part where psychologically is it one of those things where it's like I can't even stand being in the same fucking room as you which is why I come in for 30 seconds and fucking leave yeah do you know what I mean there's loads of little nuances you can look at there that might be part of it um, but whether they all the thing with nuances in wrestling especially with ECW is you start them very small but then you literally have to hammer it home because people don't pick up on it so it'll be interesting to see if that sort of stuff gets mentioned going forward um yeah, subtlety in wrestling aren't two things that mix very often. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to where that one goes and see if them two end up feuding again. So, uh, into week two's TNNT show. Um, we are not covering the hardcore TVs because pretty much nothing massively happens on them. Um, and the best matches then get shown on TNN anyway. Um, so, we get Rhino versus Super Crazy, with Super Crazy winning with a top rope power from Rana. RBD versus Jerry Lynn starts as an absolute amazing match. We get about 25 minutes of amazing in-ring action, but ends as a no contest as the Impact players come down and attack at the end of the match. I think they've gone to the well too often with Jerry Lynn and RBD now. Give it a fucking break. Do you know what I mean? The, the thing is, it's one of those of... It's a great match, but I mean, at the end of the day, I you don't want to see Man City, Manchester United playing each other each week either, do you? No. Do you know what I mean? They need to do their own thing. Um, so, I mean, I'm not saying that they should never wrestle again, but, I mean, like, would you miss it if it went away for six months to a year? No, and then, obviously, no. you can come back and Lynn maybe gets the win. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, I mean, just, like, you could almost do that thing, like, has Lynn beaten him yet, or has it no, always been on video? So you could almost do that thing where you say, right, you've not beaten me, you don't get another chance and he has to start again from the bottom. So you could do a year-long storyline of where he has to run through all these fucking geezers to finally get his hand on Rob Van Damme, yeah. and then fucking beat him. Simple storyline, but it worked really well in that situation because yeah. the fans are so behind Jerry Lynn. Yeah, so obviously it's it's hard to go against RBD, whoever you are, because... Yeah, but I mean... Fans yeah. lap him up. Yeah, but I mean, they seem to well be on Jerry Lynn's side as well, don't they? This to me, it's another one of those ECW fans being ECW fans where they love a fucking worker. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, Lynn fits very much in. The oh, absolutely. Of yeah. The the wrestling of ECW. And mm. um, the you could quite easily put him in with Guido, Tajiri, Super Crazy, and still get amazing matches. You don't need to mm. have him against. Yeah. RVD every other couple of weeks no exactly It'd be, I think the thing is it's one of those old things where if you, you can't miss it if it doesn't go away mm. and you want fans to clamber for that match you yeah. put it on a pay-per-view do you yeah. know what I mean so it's like you know it's a good match you know it's a great match you know people want to see it again so if you build up to it and make that anticipation so much more then it's just common sense you're like right we're not going to have you guys touch each other be it six months to a year yeah We'll do the story. We'll do a story like, yeah, Lynn's got to start again because he hasn't beaten him, so he's not due another title shot. He's got to run through this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Loads of obstacles put in his way. Be it, I mean, you can even set up for it where he's got to beat Sabu. Yeah. Because of the Alfonso and RVD connections, you're right. Yeah, you got one more task. You need to beat Sabu before you. Yeah. Like you could even do it. where he has to take both out on the same night. Do you know what I mean? That'd be fucking brilliant. Yeah. Because Sabu, Sabu Jerry Lynn would be a great match. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? So, I mean, you could do anything like that. 
Um, so yeah. it's something that I will speak about later so we'll, we'll bring it up a bit more at the pay-per-view because obviously there's, there's a thing about ECW and maybe going to the well one too many times with the same matches mm. um, obviously we've seen so much of super crazy Guido super crazy Sajiri in the past yeah, yeah. Um, where do do ECW maybe rest a little bit on this shit's good it's getting amazing ratings let's just do it again potentially I mean the other thing that's just popped into my head as well is how big is their actual roster how many combinations of matches can they actually have regularly yeah I mean it's like and I know they've got 25 yeah so I mean you're always going to have potentially there's always going to be that week or two weeks where you're going to have rematches you're going to have this you're going to have that and if you've got 25 to 30 guys like you're always going to run out of things a lot more quickly than if you've got a roster of double that yeah or in WCW's case over 100 four times that whatever yeah. it is yeah so I mean it is one of those situations so I'm where I'm pretty sure in WCW um, Iron Sheik still under contract somewhere mm, probably yeah and Lanny Poffo yeah getting paid 500 grand to sit on his ass would be nice fucking great work if you can get it pretty much um, yeah so I mean it's just yeah it'd be interesting to see um yeah, I mean, it must be hard when you've only got that smaller roster to generally deliver new matches. There, There is that element to it, which I understand, but you've also got a lot of guys that, like, Danny Doring, Roadkill, you could potentially split them as a tag team. Or, so or you can have them as singles. Yeah, so, I mean, you could... Because, I mean, you could easily do someone like Danny Doring, for example, against um, Super Crazy, or against Tajiri yeah or I'm gonna sneeze um hang on the thing is even someone like Roadkill Roadkill would be would look like a a contender against RVD chickens (laughs) but that's the thing you know he's a big lad that could could be a threat to RVD yeah I mean you can even do that thing where like you can have someone like a Danny Doring like a Roadkill like a Chris Chetty or a Nova get a fluke win in a non-title match yeah and that that'll not only build them but that could give a program to RVD while they're redoing the Jerry Lynn yeah while they start breaks, breaks yeah up the monotony a little bit. yeah do you know what I mean so there's there's like there is still combinations you could try but I mean this they've obviously Heyman's obviously thinks he's got a formula that works for him works for the hardcore fans but it's just one of those where if, if you're a casual fan and you're just tuning in you're going to get pretty fucking bored of seeing them. No matter how good it is, you're going to get bored of seeing like, the same shit week in, week out. I yeah. absolutely love to Jerry Super Crazy matches. Yeah. There's not been a bad one. Uh, bear in mind, I just want to correct us from last month here. When I said Super Crazy should be in the cruiserweights in WCW, he's billed as £198. Ah. So he's well within size. He's well within, yes. Yeah. So fuck you, Bischoff. Book him. But famous. that's the thing, it's, it's that, it's like, that's an amazing match every mm. single time. Yeah, but, but again, it's, it's like... The, they're still doing similar spots in each match. Yeah, what's your favourite food? Pizza. If I gave you pizza every week for a year, you'd probably get bored of it, wouldn't you? But you can have different toppings on the pizza. Yeah, Mix but, it up. Yeah, but yeah, it's still fucking after, pizza, after, isn't it? Yeah, after a couple yeah, of yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah, you'd be like, oh, do you want fancy a Chinese instead? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? One steak and chips. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
So I mean, it's just one of those things where it's just overkill, isn't it? No matter how much you like something, you the more you have it, the more you have it, the less you want it, basically. Pretty much. Apart from Natalie Portman, that'd be fine. I'd take that as long as I could. <laughs> so we go. My in. one Natalie Portman joke a week, I'm allowed. So we're going into week three of TNM, which is obviously the week going into the pay-per-view, and we find out that Sabu has been reinstated, and will be going against Just Incredible at the pay-per-view. Yeah. We see Spike Dudley defeat PN News. PN News comes out rapping about how awful Philadelphia is. Brilliant. Gets acid dropped and beaten within five seconds. That's a that's a waste. That's a waste of a great talent. <laughs> You could have really pushed, like, how much do you want to kind of see a 1992 WCW invasion of 1999 ECW? I've not thought of it, but now I want to. Mate, I want PN News and Big Josh invading. <laughs> the Ding Dongs. The Ding Dongs, yeah. Just Robocop. Get, just get like, the all fucking the worst lot. bits of, EC, of WCW. I think you're absolutely wrong when you say the worst bits. 1992 WCW was its creative peak. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know I think that's true as well, don't yeah. you? That's the worst thing <laughs> We then hear from Raven on his thoughts on coming back, which we'll hear that now. For two and a half years, Tommy Dreamer, we fought an epic battle of mythic proportions. We had a friendship based on love and a hatred based on friendship. Dreamer knows what's coming and he can't stop it. You scarred my face. You battered me unmercifully. And you took my girl. Oh, what's the matter? Oh, is it because you're Raven's girlfriend? No, I'm pregnant. The pills say one day at a time, moron. What are you, an idiot? Never beat me, and I always pinned you. Tommy Dreamer, you will return to the inescapable horror of the classroom of your youth, except this time, you will not graduate.
two and a half years, Tommy, after I came to ECW to exercise your demons, it was time for you to graduate. So I gave you your victory. stayed away from ECW and with me gone your life lost its meaning your career lost its purpose and your relationship with Beulah lost its foundation you've lost your focus Tommy <laughs> you've lost the girl Kaiser Soze said, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist. Well, Tommy, I exist, and I'm going to be your own personal demon, because this savior has already been crucified for your sins, quote the raven. Nevermore. So obviously we just had uh, Raven there telling mm -hmm. us that he still hates Tommy and he's come back to basically make Tommy his bitch because he's still not happy with the fact of how everything went. Yeah. I do love angsty Raven. He, he didn't do this in WCW properly. The whole... No, they done the whole rich kid gimmick, which was a bit fucking yeah. weird, wasn't it? Like, I kind of get the idea behind it, whereas like, there's actually you've had you've not had to strive for nothing. You are just a Moan. miserable, moany little shit, fuck. Bit of a little shit. That's exactly how they do a millennial if WWF booked it under Vince's watch now. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I mean, it kind of like, I get where they were coming from, but it sort of took the, I wouldn't say mystique's the right word, but it took a lot of the character away of what we think of Raven and how we perceive him. It was the thing, in mm. ECW, that whole Raven character where it was built was... Mm. It was just it, a moody cunt, wasn't it? It was a moody cunt, but <laughs> somehow managed to yeah. make people do his bidding. Yeah, yeah. They took that to mm. WCW. Yes, they gave him a bigger... Entourage flock. with the flock, mm. but at no point did it ever make you think that he was actually doing this for his own benefit or no. had a bigger picture no. of what he was trying to do. Just let's just put him, put some grungy people together, yeah, give Van Hammer another six month con contract and thing to do, Fuck and me. get on with it. Mm. But yeah, him now coming back. Mm. I'm hoping that we get a much better. Yeah, sort of back to the older sort of style of Raven, where he's a little more. 
angsty with a purpose instead of yeah just angsty for the sake of it yeah I mean it's just like oh I hate the world and this and that and the other and like that if if Raven was a character these days he'd just constantly post on Tumblr wouldn't he (laughs) be fucking terrible but yeah um, yeah basically yeah it's good to see him back Um, there's not much more you can say apart from that it'd just be interesting to see how this Tommy Dreamer storyline pays off Um, if or whether they go in a separate direction and they actually sort of somehow find some weird common ground and try to keep the tag titles that way. Fuck knows. Never know with Paul Heyman. No. Yeah. Um, so we follow that with a TV title match between RVD and Lance Storm, which ends in a no contest as Justin comes out and starts caning the shit out of him. Yeah. Lynn comes to make the save. They're both battered and then they then decide to have a match against each other. With yeah. RVD beating Jerry Lynn. Yeah. So we go into the pay per view, and with the pay per view, let me load that up. We open the show with Judge Jones getting into Naka's face, slamming him into a car, and hints that there's an awesome price to pay. Foreshadowing. Yeah. We open up the show with Lance Storm versus Jerry Lim. Mm. So we're getting a mixture, a changed match. Um, chain wrestling to start. Counters and Lim gets a head scissors and into a headlock. Lance hits a sh- shoulder blocks and Lim with some chops and then a triangle drop kick to the outside. They brawl outside and then back in, Lance takes advantage. Lim rolls him up for a two. Headlock, more counters until Lance hits the stun gun. A drop kick and a cartwheel clothesline. Lim gets a quick roll off and gets a two. Lance hits a low blow. Two leg drops, gets twos. Lance with the headlock. Lim battles his way out. Up top for a top rope splash onto the floor. Then back up top for a middle drop kick, which gets a two. Lance gets a jawbreaker. And Lim hits a lofted low blow. And we get all of the roll ups, all the twos. Lim hits a German for a two. Lance hits a super kick for a two. Lance with the reverse DDT for a two. And the chair's been brought in by Dormarie. Lance up top, but Lynn hits a rolling powerbomb pin for a two. Then a DDT on the chair, which gets another two. Lance then posts Lynn and then into the railings. Back in the ring with a backbreaker. Lynn hits a stunner, gets a two. Lance with some shoulders. Lynn hits a top rope hurricane runner that gets a two. Lance hits the three point full Nelson and gets the win. I like this as an opener, good back and forth, decent wrestling, and I liked how the finish just came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's always good to start strong when you open a pay per view. Um, I will say that you can go to the well a bit too often with near falls. Well, and like that, that section of the the, the mm. rolling bridging two counts like counts yeah. type of pin but I mean there's nothing doing that with ones yeah do you know what I mean it's just one of those things where the more near falls you do the less likely people are to buy yeah into them it's so like uh, I mean you go back to sort of the territory days of the 80s you may get one every now and again in a match yeah. but uh, you barely ever got them if a pin happened it, it was either a one count because of the job I got a lucky shot in <laughs> or that was the three 
and I mean it is one of those things where it's just become a trope in more modern wrestling to just constantly do it yeah and it's sort of I'm not saying it's ruining it but you just get to the point where I think you c it's making the finish of matches lose something sometimes yeah I suppose obviously with this being the opening match mm. it's fine because you've got two yes it's an opening match yeah. but it's two of the the more yeah. higher placed wrestlers in the company on the show so you can expect it as you know it's a proper competitive match but it's the fact that you then sort of look at into other matches mm. later in the show yeah you are getting that even in the tag team matches and things like that you know, when every match has constant near falls Mm. It uh, you're right. It does lose a bit, you know. If you have it in your main events, or you have it in the matches that mm. count. Yeah, but I mean the thing is, when you do it in matches that don't count, like your opening, when you do do it in a match that counts, it's already taken that pop away from the audience because yeah. they've already seen forty near falls before you get to your main event. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just one of those things. Where it's just cut back on it a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Not every single pin needs to be two and three quarters. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It just doesn't have to happen. No. I don't think it helps. I don't think it helps with um, producing something that looks a bit more legitimate. Do you know what I mean? And but, the thing is also, especially when people are hitting finishes as well, because we've seen it yeah. quite a bit with, with E7 recently, where, you know, especially with Lynn and RVD being mm. two of the biggest culprits on it, Lynn will hit the package pile driver too. RVD will hit the bandana yeah. Two. Two. Yeah. And it just the problem is it just happens and happens so much that yeah. it's just almost like ugh. It just gets to the point where I wouldn't say it's tedious, but it's just like you just you don't buy the finish mm. because of like well you kicked out of it three times before, why can't you kick out of it again? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Especially if it's a regular occurrence, it's just yeah, it just diminishes finishing. I suppose that's why they're now called signature moves. So yes. finishes, I suppose. But yeah. So we will now go into. There's a couple of matches here, but they sort of all roll into one segment. Mm. Simon Diamond comes out and fuck asks off for a partner. Simon says, <laughs> "Fuck off!" Back to the back. <laughs> and out comes Jazz. Simon says that Tom will fight Jazz. So Tom Marquez is against Jazz, Tom gets a slam, Jazz grabs his nuts, hits the Jag Stinger, and at this point, Simon and Tony DeVito beat her up. Which then brings out Nova and Chetty, which turns into a tag team match between Nova and Chetty and Simon and Tony. Nova and Chetty beat down Simon with moonsaults and topes. Nova then beats down Simon in the corner, hits a clothesline and a low blow. Then Vito hits and beats down Nova. A powerbomb gets a two. Simon hits rolling suplexes for a two. DeVito fucks up an awful looking rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And at this point, out come Roadkill and Dan Doring and beat everyone up. And then, wouldn't be a pay-per-view if we didn't hear Natural Born Killer. Out comes New Jack yeah. with his toys. Hits everyone with everything that he's got. Guitars, mm -hmm. kitchen sinks, golf clubs fucks everyone up and that is the end of that segment you know I suppose people need to get some TV time um, oh. but could we maybe have done without some of this because again 
in a nothing three minute tag match we're getting big moves done to near falls if the end, end result was to just have New Jack come out and fuck everyone up yeah you could have done that a lot earlier yeah you could have just done that against Simon Diamond and whatever his fucking name is Vito yeah yeah you could have him do that do you know what I mean just come out with yeah. the keyboard smash but obviously the, the more people he's smashing up the, the more the crowd are into it so yeah. you can kind of understand I always like to see Jazz I like Jazz I think she's great so we follow this with an amazing freeway dance yeah between Tajiri Super Crazy and Little Guido so we open with a chop battle between Guido and Tajiri mm-hmm. as Super Crazy stands up and watches then Crazy hits a top rope splash and gets two count. Tajiri with low drop kicks, and then launches Guido onto the ramp. A tilt world head scissors. Super Crazy hits a springboard drop kick onto Tajiri, and Guido hits a crossbody onto Super Crazy, which gets a two. Guido puts in a camel clutch, and Tajiri hits a low drop kick to the face. A monkey flip by Tajiri, and then more stiff kicks. Super Crazy and Guido brawl to the outside, so Tajiri hits an SAE moonsault. Big Cell slams Tajiri and powerbombs Super Crazy. Guido in with a face buster and Tajiri hits a German suplex for a two. Outside Tajiri's kicking uh, Super Crazy and then hits a springboard moonsault and drop kicks and then puts Big Cell through the table. Tajiri hits the tarantula on Guido and a drop kick and Super Crazy follows that with a surfboard. We get a camel clutch crab Boston crab combo on Tajiri. Guido hits the Tomikaze and gets a two. Tajiri kicks in a tree of woe and then a low drop kick. Super Crazy hits a moonsault, gets the win, and Guido is gone. Taz hits some stiff kicks on Super Crazy until Taz or Tajiri. That'll be the one. (laughs) Hits some stiff kicks on Super Crazy until he hits some of his own. Super Crazy steps up with the moonsaults, only gets to floor two. 10 punch spots and then Tajiri hits a handspring elbow. Super Crazy with a snap powerbomb for the two. Tajiri spring, D- spring DDT for a two. Super Crazy hits a reverse tornado DDT for a two and hits all three of the moonsaults. But on the third one, Tajiri gets the knees up, hits a massive head kick and a snap brain buster and gets the win. What is it with these three that they're just in the ring, they're so crisp together? And I know we sort of said earlier, if you see it all the time, it gets a little bit boring. Mm-hmm. But the fact of it being a freeway obviously mixed up a bit, and the fact that like, the double teams they were doing on each other were very, very new and innovative. Yeah. I really, really like this. Yeah, I mean, again, it it was fine. It was good, but it's you can't argue that. I mean, they always they're always going to have a good match. Um, any combination of these three guys, be it a triple threat three way dance thing, be it one on one, whatever, they're always going to have a good match. That there's no debate there. But as I say, it's just one of those things where even if they're doing new things in that match you've seen some form of combination of this for too long mm. um, but I mean yeah, the more Tajiri and Super Crazy I have on my screen the better but it is just one of those things where it's just like oh just 
give it a break, lads. Do you know what I mean? Wrestle someone else. Yeah. That's just. So I mean, I'm not saying that sort of put a damper on how good the match was, but I mean, for me, it was just one of those things where it almost stops me paying as much attention as I should. Yeah. Because it's like I've seen this so, so this many was, times. If this was like, the last of them for a while, uh, yeah. You know, which we could hope. Mm. You know, there might be a, a chance that they s split up the combinations a bit. It was a fucking good showing. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a good one to almost bow out on if they are going to go their own separate ways for a few months, maybe. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was a perfectly good match. Um, if I was there live, I'd have loved it, obviously. But, I mean, yeah. as I say, it's one of those things where it's like that. Didn't I watch this last month? Didn't I see this the month before? Didn't I see this the month before that? Yeah. So it's very hard to... When I'm... I mean, obviously, I'm not speaking for everyone. I need to speak from my own point of view. But I wouldn't go to a show here in the UK if they're like two weeks apart from each other. If I'd already just seen the basically the same card the week before. Yeah. Like it would be one of those situations where it's like, oh, blah, 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 I was fighting blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, I watched that last week in in London. Like, I don't give a toss if it's on somewhere in Essex or, yeah. or like Norfolk somewhere or Suffolk. I'd be like, well, I saw that last week. Why would yeah. I go and see it again? Do you know what I mean? It's like, I've already just seen them two guys face off. Like, so yeah, to me, it's just one of those things where it's just like, while the matches are different, the same level of meh is there for me it's just one of those things I've seen it I've seen mm -hmm. it give me something new give me something fresh to keep my interest yeah and unfortunately I'm one of those people with the type of mind where if if I don't get fresh matches and fresh feuds every few weeks it does sort of make my interest wane quite a bit yeah yeah so we then get Carino announcing to us that the ICP were meant to be the tag in the tag team title match, mm. but they're not going to be here because you know they're staying in WCW. Yeah, because unfortunately they weren't capable of whoop whooping yes. anyone's ass. Sorry, <laughs> there's my shitty ICP joke for the week as well. So he and Rhino will be challenging Tommy and Raven for the title. Probably going to be a better match, to be fair. <laughs> Though, to be fair, I'd quite like to see like Raven just beat the shit out of Shaggy Dude. The, the thing is, like, in many respects, if you did the whole counterculture thing like ECW, is there a better fit than the Insane Clown Posse? No. Like, I know we've seen him in the Fed. I know we've seen him in WCW. But realistically, out of the big three North American companies, which one do they suit the most? Yeah. It's ECW. Yeah. Like, it's just common sense that it's like, hang on a minute. Like, yeah, they are, they are I mean, the it's just so. Uh, that will be down with the clowns. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? They're the type of fans that wank in a Fago bottles and do what other, whatever, juggalos do. I don't know, I don't know what they do, apart from look weird and wear clown makeup. <laughs> Is the Joker a juggalo? Is that how it started? <laughs> has anyone has anyone rewritten the Joker's origin story that he's just a pissed off juggalo because they didn't debut in ECW? <laughs> there you go, comic book writers. Gold. Yeah. So our next match sees Just Incredible going against Sabu. 
before the match, Justin comes out with a restraining order on Sabu. But Raf Molino says it doesn't matter. So Justin does what he does best, strops and canes the shit out of the ring announcer, Bob Artis. Yeah, that's quite a... For a ring announcer who's not a wrestler, he didn't have to smack him with a fucking cane over the edge, did he? I was like, oh, well, that's a bit harsh. I don't know if he meant to just catch him on the shoulder, but actually, no, he caught him on the top of his head. Yeah, he fucking lumped him. Yeah, he fucking lumped him, man. So, this brings out Sabu, and he comes out and starts punching him, and it's a slingshot leg drop for a two, a slam and a springboard moonsault for a two, clubs, and they start to brawl outside. We then get a chair shot. Justin manages to get a leg sweep whilst on the ramp, and Justin is off the top rope for a splash through the table. Back in the ring for a two count, punches, and Sabu hits a slingshot sidekick back to the outside, and then the triple jump cannonball, guillotine leg drop, and then a triple jump club. He then hits a triple jump leg drop onto the table twice, because the first time didn't break. Mm -hmm. In the ring, he gets a two count, at this point, both of them are pissing blood, and Sabu's clearly fucked himself up with the fact that table didn't break, because he's yeah. got a massive gash across his chest. Mm. Justin puts on a camel clutch of his own. Sabu hits a low drop kick, and at this point, Jason gets involved. He gets leg dropped. Justin then came Sabu. Mm. Justin with a drop kick to the chair, and then a slingshot DDT for a two. Justin canes him again, which gets a two, and hits his own stunner. A chair-assisted bulldog through the table. Sabu then gets up, hits a triple jump moonsault, and then a triple jump leg drop for a two. Justin trips Sabu onto the chair, and then hits That's Incredible, onto a chair, and gets the free. This is <coughs> traditional Sabu getting his shit in. Yeah, very odd, like his return match and him losing. I know they're trying to keep uh, Justin Credible, the worst name in professional wrestling, um, strong. Did you hear about the gimmick the Fed want to give him? This oh. is purely a shit joke. Go on, say no, you haven't. No, what? Apparently he's coming in as Val Venus's cousin, he's got a micro penis. He's going to be called Justin Cider. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I come up with that when I was watching the pay-per-view. I was like, I'm getting that in. I don't know how, but I'm going to shoot on that fucking joke in. Yeah, no, it, it, was, it was a good match. You know, it was, it was a Sabu match. It, it yeah. It's what Sabu does. Just lots of spots with tables and him jumping off a chair on the ropes, basically. Yeah. Which is, if that's your cup of tea, then yeah. the cup of overflow. It's, it's the thing, it's like, I... I enjoy Sabu. I'm never. He's never going to win Wrestle of the Year. He's never going to be in any five star classics. No, but I mean, like, if you want, it's one of those situations where he's one of those guys. That if the crowd's in a bit of a lull after, um, if you've had, you always have that filler match, don't you? Mm. So you're like, I don't know the term piss break match, but that's basically what it is. So you're like, yeah, we'll we'll have a hot opener. We'll have a decent match after. Then there'll be a bit of a match that just... Because you sometimes just need the crowd to simmer down. Especially yeah. an ECW crowd. Because the last thing you want to do is just keep fucking... be like giving a three-year-old sugar, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like one good match after another. It's like, I'll tell you what, yeah. And, Fuck and, it. And, and yeah. More violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, 
But I mean, when you need to perk the crowd up, is there probably anyone better you could send out? Probably no. not. Not not to just get them fucking going. Give them, but give I mean, them ten minutes. Yeah, but ten. I mean, there were parts of the match where the crowd did actually die a little. Mm. Like it did go a bit quiet a couple of times, but I think that's because just incredible or just insider um is just fucking awful and if i hate wrestlers and jorts if that ever catches on that's a fucking can you imagine the wwf having a fucking world champion in jorts it's no. never gonna happen no never or i'll eat my hat fucking disgraceful behavior yeah but it's it's the thing though obviously sabu is very much of that ilk of he's gone away for a bit I yeah. haven't seen him for a few months, so seeing crazy Sabu spots is really cool again, because it's like, oh, we haven't seen him yeah. in a bit. But again, that buys into the, my whole philosophy with regards to Geraldine and Rob off. Van Damme. Yeah, it's like, go away you for a bit, yeah. Like, stop having that match, and that'll make me yearn to see it again at some point. But if you're doing it every fucking week, I'm just yeah. like, I've seen it, I've seen it, I've seen it. So... Following that, we get a world title match between we Taz do. and Tanaka. Yeah. Taz is in the ring and gets the streamers, but also gets you sold out chance and fuck off Taz chance. Mm-hmm. At this point, we see that Mike Awesome is in the crowd and Paulie decides to make it a triple threat. Yeah. So Awesome and Tanaka get in the ring and fucking go at each other and brawl. Taz there hits a head and arm Taz place to Tanaka, a German to Awesome. Then they double team on Taz, a pair of splashes. Taz hits uh, Awesome clothesline until Awesome hits one of his own to the back of his head. Taz up hits a Taz and arm Tazplex and a super Tazplex on Tanaka. That is until Tanaka hits him with a roaring elbow. Awesome hits the frog splash. Gets the free. Mm-hmm. Taz is gone. He is. We'll sort of stop it there before we go into the next part of the match. Was that or was that not one of the best ways of bowing out of the company and going, you know, you, you've both hit me with your shit. I'm done. Yeah, I mean, having all the guys come out as well and like, because I mean, the thing with the ECW faithful is they're going to like, they're going to want to wish Taz every success moving forward, but they're yeah. also going to not like the fact he's leaving. Yeah. So, I mean, having the guys cut out like, is a bit of a, a, bit of a master stroke, really. Just say, like, let's have all the guys on the ramp to, like, almost give Taz his send-off to make sure the crowd are, like... Because, I mean, Heyman was very much like... That, that was all very much like, this guy helped make this company. Yeah. Like none of us are happy he's going apart from him because he's going to make a fucking a lot more money but like it's one of those situations where like give the guy his due so I mean they, that was why the guys were sent out there and obviously Axel Rotten kept hogging that and, but of course he needs to get his TV time somewhere yeah and um, so yeah I mean, that was good to see and obviously the crowd then it was quite funny because the crowd obviously gave him his sort of standard ovation round of applause and then started yelling fuck you Taz again at some yeah. point it? so it's like they were like yeah no you are great but fuck you yeah, yeah which is fine do you know what I mean they, they, the thing with the UCW fans is they're very aware they're part of the show yeah um, well it's the fact that so many of them obviously especially when they do shows at the arena have their set of seats and yeah well you've got Straw Hat Guy Faith No More Guy and 
cup yeah. runners, isn't you? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you've got the you got the standards. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those where they're well known. Like the fans, some of the fans are equally as well known as some of the wrestlers, probably yeah. to like the to viewers. Because um, I was like, oh, look, a straw hat guy. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I was like, oh, look, a faith no more guy. Oh, oh, oh look, it's Vlad the super fan from yeah. WCW back in the day. I saw him in New Orleans, did I tell you? You did. Yeah, that was cool. I was going to get a photo, but I was like, nah, I'll leave him to it. Bless him, he looked busy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it was really, yeah, it was a good send off. And like, it's one of those where, um, by going out first, he's actually put two guys over. Yeah. So I mean, you can now you've now got that one-on-one feud going forward between Awesome and uh, Masato Tanaka. Yes. Um, sorry, I just struggled to remember his name for a second. So yeah, I mean, by putting both guys over, they're about they're now legit threats to each other because they both beat they both they both beat Taz. Yeah, and they could probably. And the story is they could both beat Taz. Yeah. And the story is Tanaka's already beaten Awesome before. Yeah. And things like that. And I think Mike Awesome's fucking great. And I'm surprised he's in ECW and not in WCW or the Fed. Because when you've got a big guy in that shape who can fly over the top rope. Because he was in Japan. Yeah. But that's never stopped him before, has it? Yeah, you'd have thought WCW would have been the one that would notice it. But obviously, I know Fed aren't going to be looking in FMW. Well, next. you say that, but I mean, you look at people like Mick Foley and stuff like that, who they've got over there. I'm sure some of those guys still keep up to date with what's going on. Mm. And um, so, yeah, I'd be surprised if he doesn't end up in, in one of those two companies. Because when you've got a big man that agile, the thing with Mike Awesome is maybe he's just come around a little too late. Because you think if it was like 1989 to 1991 and Vince saw Mike Awesome... Oh, he'd be main event. He'd be... He'd have splooged everywhere. He'd, he'd have been all about him it, against Hogan. It yeah, he'd have been built up as some mad fucking Russian to take on Hulk Hogan or yeah. some German or some fucking bollocks. But Yeah, he'd have been given generic foreigner treatment Yeah, yeah, yeah. go against Hogan. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean... But I mean, he, you could have even done that thing where where they started to do with the Hogan runs is where occasionally he'd actually lose yeah, and like they'd have a short run with the title and then Hogan gets it back he could have done all of that with Awesome and it'd also fit but I mean because he's such a good worker as well it would also fit in WCW back in the day yeah um, and that mullet oh it's a work of art isn't it like, it's let's glorious stop, let's just I'm not saying it was Mike Awesome's mullet is a gift from God but <laughs> When he died, I will just say the fabric of the universe did start going fucking wrong. <laughs> Do you know it's what I mean? Like yeah, that. I'm not saying I'm not saying Mike I'm not saying Mike Awesome was holding the fabric of the universe together, but I'm now gestating wildly at everything around me. <laughs> so we continue the match with Tanaka and Awesome brawling against each other. Mm. Awesome. Clears the top rope with a massive dive. It's ridiculous. And this isn't just Undertaker style where he just about gets over it. No, he's a good three foot above it. Yeah. That is ridiculous the height you get for such a giant man. What is he, 6'4, 6'5? Legit 6'6. Yeah. He's not one of these. And the thing is, he's a good 275, isn't he? He's a big, big big man. Like, and to just get that level of agility is just unfucking real, to be honest. Absolutely unreal. 
So they brawl to the outside and they get back in where Awesome hits a top rope clothesline and then a stiff lariat and a sit out powerbomb that gets a two. Tanaki hits a triangle clothesline, a running chair shot, and a tornado DDT onto the ramp. Back into the ring, hits a top rope drop kick and a tornado DDT onto a pile of chairs that gets a two count. Goes up top and hits a top rope elbow drop with mm. the chair, which gets a two count. A power bomb that hits a two count. Mike hits an awesome bomb through the table on the outside from the ring. Ouch. Yes. Mm -hmm. Back in the ring, it hits an Alabama slam and a frog splash, it gets a two. And then at this point is where we start seeing Tanaka take those trademark brutalist fuck chair shots. And yeah. stand there with a look on his face of, please sir, give Can me Can I have another? another? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's knowing what we know now. Um, I mean, they were uncomfortable back then to watch. Yeah. But knowing what we know now about CTE and brain injuries and things like that, you're like, fucking hell. And he's still wrestling. He's still about. So I'm trying to convince my friend Dan, who's a wrestling promoter, to book him. I thought he'd mm -hmm. been brilliant. So Tanaka hit the Diamond Dust and gets a two. Awesome hits a massive German suplex and a spear for a two. Top rope chair shot for a two. Top rope awesome bomb through a table, gets the win. Post-match, Taz comes out and hands Awesome the bell. Nice touch. It, you know, it goes without saying, but I mean, it was fucking awesome. It was great, yeah. I mean, um, even though Taz was obviously going to drop the belt, to have him do it first, I thought was quite cool. Yeah. Um, because that still left it open as to who was going to win it, because you yeah. generally couldn't. You're like, well, is it going to be awesome? Is it going to be Tanaka? And the only thing that kind of gave it away for me was them keep mentioning that he'd be a a double champ a dual champion with yeah. FMW and I was like well they're not probably not going to do that because then like if he's got commitments and dates over there yeah. then that I mind you again the TV belt is their main title really isn't yeah. it so I mean you, again you couldn't necessarily put it past them but to me I was like well, that's more likely to go on awesome then but then the thing is at that point even if you know he'd have won the title at the pay-per-view he could have dropped it but... he could have dropped it at the next week's TV yeah or the next pay-per-view I'm sure they could have had some sort of working agreement with FMW. Yeah. Where he defends both belts on both shows would have been pretty cool to see the FMW belt defended in the US, wouldn't it? Yeah. So in a barbed wire tornado chainsaws on a fucking C4. swing ball. <laughs> yeah. With fucking C4 everywhere. Shooting ping pong balls out of Thai ladies' vaginas into the ring and I don't book wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but you know FMW have probably done that match. If they haven't, hit me up if you still exist, FMW, because I am available for shows. <laughs> I'll just go do Big Japan instead. It's pretty much the same shit. <laughs> so after that, we get a promo from Tommy. He says he doesn't care what the doctors say. He will fight. <sighs> I like the fact he came out and was like, oh, I'm not going to cut a baby face promo. And, and then, then proceeded <laughs> to cut the most white meat, vanilla baby face promo you could fucking cut. And like, oh, I'm going to work her. Because I need to, you're like, mate, yeah. this is exactly what you said you weren't going to fucking do, you dirty liar. But it is so, so Tommy. 
So Rhino comes down and beats Tommy up. Mm-hmm. Tommy hits a low blow in the hangman's neckbreaker. Tommy then chases Carino to the back. Francine hits a chair shot on Jack Victory. She did. A chair shot to Rhino. And then a slingshot splash gets a two by Tommy. Rhino hits a really awesome spine buster. Mm. Almost arm-like. Mm-hmm. And that's almost sacrilege saying that, but no, I agree with you. But she gets a two. And a sweep onto the chair follows that up with a rhino bomb. At this point, out comes Raven, even flow, onto Rhino, gets the pin, thank you very much, and good night, still your ECW Tag Team Champions. Yeah. As I said earlier, I like this aspect of Raven literally not Just being running there, in. running yeah. in, hits the even flow, get, gets the win and fucks off. Yeah, I mean obviously there's got to be a payoff to it at some point. Uh, like again, could they do a thing where he doesn't get there in time? Mm. Do you know what I mean? If something yeah. happens, do you know what I mean? There's so many ways you can go with it. So, but it'd be interesting to see the payoff of this whole thing. So, going into the last part of the show, Axel comes out and calls out Mike Wilson. Yeah. Axel, get back in your box, mate. Is it me? But can you smell Axel Rotten through your television? He looks like he smells that much. I swear, I have like some weird. You know, like when twins know the other one's in pain. <laughs> yeah. It's a very similar sort of thing where you just like, I can almost smell him even though this was 20 years ago and he's dead. I'm like that. I know how you smell. I can tell. You, you just smell of meth, stale yeah. beer in the back. Yeah, and just that weird, like, possibly. He looks like the kind of guy that when you get on the bus, if it's been raining, he smells like a wet dog. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. At this point, out come the Impact players who come down and beat him up until Balls and Spike come make the save. Ball takes out Johnny Smith, which then means RBD doesn't have an opponent. Quick question, who the fuck is Johnny Smith? I swear I've never seen him before. He has been mentioned for a few weeks sort of going yeah. into TV and just appeared as a new member of the Impact players. So is, uh, is this his debut? With, yeah. Yeah. And is he actually English or is that just like... We're going to say he's English, but he's actually from North Dakota or something. No, he is a proper English, original English wrestler, did, did World of Sport, has been out in the States for the past while. Yeah. Well, yeah. That sort of had he ever we, done WCW or no, WCW? Never, never done Fed or WCW. So just like local yeah, sort but, of indie you shit. Know, yeah. They wanted a Brit and a World of, World of Sport style wrestler. Johnny came and done it for them. Yeah. So, our main event for the evening is RVD versus Bulls Mahoney for the TV title. Mm-hmm. RVD starts with kicks, Bulls hits a back suplex, RVD with more leg kicks, Bulls with a stiff lariat, and we get the Bulls punches. RVD hits a side kick and a crossbody for a two, and a really interesting leg roll up, which gets a two. A drop kick, and then outside they brawl all the way into the crowd. Back in, Bulls hits an exchange of punches, with Bulls finally hitting the big punch and getting a two count. RVD kicks Bulls, then Bulls hits the belly belly and a spinning heel kick all the way to the floor, again brawling into the crowd. RVD from the top rope hits a cannonball into the crowd. Back into the ring, RVD hits a spinning leg drop that gets a two. Bulls hits a stiff power slam that gets a two, and the second rope leg drop for a two. A spine buster and a flog splash for a two. 
RVD hits a superplex and a chair assisted drop kick, which gets a two, rolling thunder for a two, and a monkey flip. Balls then hits a sit out powerbomb on a chair, which gets a two. The tornado DDT gets a two, a power driver for a two, and a super kick followed by a chair shot, which gets what? Two. Gets a two. Yeah. At this point, Fonzie makes the save. Fuck Fonzie's camp. Throws the chair at balls. RVD hits a top rope fan dominator, which gets a two and then hits the five star frog splash for the win. I actually like this in the way that it actually showed balls is more than just the chair swinging free. Yeah, well I mean it even mentioned his amateur wrestling background, didn't yeah. it? Which I've, we spoke about last last show, didn't we? Um, so I mean he's so he's capable of so much more, but again he's been sort of pigeonholed by the way ECW use him, do you know what I mean? Like, but whether this is the start of them going, well, actually, no, he can do this as well. Because again, it's one of those where push these people into different storylines. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, it'd just be good. But yeah, Bulls Mahoney is actually a lot better than people give him credit for. I think it was the nice little handshake and hug at the end to yeah. say, yeah, you fucking took me to my limit. Yeah. Like, yeah, I had to cheat to fucking win, basically. Bill Alfonso, you rotten toothed fuck. You can smell his breath through the TV as well. Ugh. <laughs> that, that's the smell of cheap whiskey and that's the, that's the smell of stale tobacco, cheap whiskey. And regret. And halitosis. And a $2 whore from Vegas. <laughs> Just on his breath all at once. Smells like he lives off cans of tuna. <laughs> right, anyway. <laughs> so, what were your overall thoughts on the pay-per-view and your score out of death? It was fine. Um, I'll give it a seven. Um, the only reason it didn't go higher is because we had seen things like the Tajiri match and stuff before. Yeah. Uh, opener was good, like, like Lance Storm. Um, but I mean, there was just nothing there really, apart from the change. There was nothing other of note that really sort of made me want to give it a higher score than seven. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like the Raven running that was done beforehand. Yeah. So we were like everyone was expecting it this time. So, yeah. um, I mean, there's no way you couldn't because the Dudley's now gone. There's no way you could have postponed that until this show. But yeah, so I mean that was like one of those. I was like, yeah, you done this last week, so like, yeah, we we were all expecting him to come out and hit a DDT and get the win, get the win, oh, yeah, or yeah. So I mean, it's just one of those. So I think a solid seven, yeah. So, so me too. Again with the seven, um, it's one of those of I don't think I'll watch it on that like the heat wave was where I went and watched it again. A couple of weeks later, yeah, because sure. it was that good. Where mm. with this, it was a entertaining show. It didn't drag it. It you should watch it. This yeah, is way too. Yeah, it. I mean, even if you don't want to watch the whole show, I'd certainly watch the Taz, um, Wilson, yeah, and Tanaka match. Watch the three way. Yeah, again, you probably give the three way miss in all honesty because again, you have seen those guys. Yeah in some form or combination for so long now that it's that didn't really bring anything overly new yeah. to the table I mean so I'd give that a watch 
Um, but yeah, if you're going to watch, I'd, I'd watch the Bulls match and the RVD. I'd watch Bulls RVD again. I'd watch the World Title match again. Yeah, it's just sort of quite missable to be honest. Like, there's only so many times you can see New Jack come out and hit someone with a PlayStation One or whatever he yeah. fucking does. Like, it's fine, works. Like, it's great for the live crowd. But again, when you're in the case of we've seen it before. Yeah. So I mean, it is like. Uh, it's almost like greatest hits isn't it ECW yeah. they're like oh you really like this so here it is 30 <laughs> fucking times here it is again yeah which I mean they, yeah I mean if that, that might ultimately be their downfall creativity wise and why they why they may not west but they are so far behind the other two yeah that even even how yeah. awful WCW is at times yeah. in 99 they're it's still, still, they're still tr- the crowd sizes are still three times bigger. There's yeah. still but I mean, much more fucking viewers yeah. and eyes on it than what will ever or whatever is on. And it's going to be hard to take it to that next level because it's very diehard and like you're not going to get your mum and dad to take baby fucking Hugo to ECW. Eh? No. Come on, it's your seventh birthday and you like wrestling. Let's go, Let's go see Masai. I mean, I know the Fed is a bit more adult orientated these days, but you do still see quite a few kids in the audience. But at the same point, yes, it's with the Fed, yes, it's still counterculture, but it's the same Fed. Yeah, this, it's kind of a, um, a double negative in the fact that it's very mainstream counterculture. Yeah, it's if such biscuit. a thing exists. It's limp biscuit, yeah. it's not napalm death. It's limp dicks. Especially if just insider debuts. <laughs> um so it's uh it's just one of those it's very much like they're trying to be on the pulse of the youth of the Gen Xs and things like that. But I mean it is one of those situations where it's very it doesn't feel as natural in the WWF because it is a big corporate machine. And yeah. Where with the ECW, you know it's an underground thing. You know it's very much like people working out of a basement. Yeah, you um, know that Balls and Axel are wearing the Marilyn Manson t-shirts because they actually like Marilyn they, Manson. Yeah, that, that just not, happens to be what they had in their suitcase when they not, turned up to work. Yeah, not, oh, this is the, the new yeah. band. Go Let's put the Safe Park shirt on fucking Billy Gunn. Yeah. You know, the guy that used to have a tash and shoot a fucking air cap pistol. Gun. Yeah, a cap gun. And say howdy, yeah. or whatever he did. Um, so yeah, I mean, it does feel very... Um, say that, fucking Golga was great when he was yes. fucking Cartman. See? The fucking oddities, they were proper counterculture. Yes. They'd have been amazing in ECW uh, as a yeah. fucking tandem in ECW. They'd have been fucking huge. Yeah. Um, but it's that thing, like, it's very obvious. Um, I, I just don't really want to talk about the Fed too much because there's a whole podcast of that. But it's very obvious when something's natural and when something's almost like, oh, this is cool, so we'll use it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's obvious when it's just a part of somebody or it's just forced upon them and I feel that's quite evident but yeah I think ECW because it's such a niche product with a niche fan base is always going to struggle to catch WCW or ECW up yeah it's, it, it is a little engine that could but I, I, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to close up that gap little engine that could that could be the name of Justin Sider's finisher can it <laughs> I got three jokes out of that one joke I'm fucking well impressed so we go into the last week's TV 
Um, so Raven and Tommy Dreamer beat Danny Doring and Roadkill as you would imagine Raven comes out at the end of the match hits the DDT and gets the pin yeah. Tommy calls out Raven Yeah. Raven just stays in the crowd Yeah. we see Super Crazy against Guido Yeah. and we then get a tag team match between RVD and Jerry, uh, RVD and Jerry Lynn versus the Impact players mm. which ends in a brawl as Sabu comes out at this point of this brawl Everyone from the locker room comes out. There's jobbers in there that I have, have no idea who they are. They're probably just local guys. They used to dark matches, aren't they? I think. Here comes New Jack with toys. Clears the ring. Shock fucking horror. <laughs> As the show goes off the air. So, the one thing, obviously, of major ramifications of this month is obviously Taz leaving. Obviously, last month we let the Dudleys go. This month Taz is gone. Mm. So much for this working relationship, you know, with the Fed. ECW. Well, it's working. It's working for the Fed, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> ECW finally get TV, and they take their tag champions and their world champion. The big boys bullying the little boys, but at the end of the day, you can't you can't blame the Fed no. if they want these guys. I'd be interested to see how Taz gets on. Um, it's the thing, in the, Fed. the news, they are saying that he's going up with the same gimmick same name and gonna debut as a heel I just I don't know how that will work in the Fed obviously in ECW it looks fine when Taz stops stopping people about because they're all six foot six two Mm. when he gets to the land of the giants his lack of size is gonna show yeah I mean the the I mean, with the Fed now, I mean, we, we call it the land of the giants, but it's certainly not so much of a case as it used to be. Yeah. Like, I mean, back in the day, you would not have got a fucking job there unless you're a legit 6'4", dude. Do you know what I mean? But now you've got the odd guy who is a little smaller. Like, um, Road Dog's not the biggest guy in the world, is he? Um, Kurt Angle's 5'11". Mm. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's a few that are around that height, but, I mean, the problem is wrestling's wrestling nothing's fucking real not even people's size and weight is yeah. real do you know what I mean so even if they built build Taz at 5 10 5 11 but he's legit 5 7 like he is going to be quite evident but I mean you've only got to look at the fact I mean part of the way you could play it is look at that fucking suplex he hit on Mike Wilson yeah you could almost play into the fact he's not the biggest guy but he's the hardest fucker you'll meet yeah do you know what I mean it's like that yeah you may be 6 foot 6 or maybe 5 foot fucking 6 but I will put you on your fucking ass, mate do you know what I mean you could almost make that part of his character yeah Yeah. that's what he is in ECW yeah you know he is the fucking killer he Mm. is the suplex machine yeah but the problem is they don't have to mention his height in ECW because it's an it's an average guy's you as you say you're, you're booked on a average. you're booked on ability you're not yeah. booked on the fact i mean you're not booked on the fact you are 64 and 300 pounds yeah you know I mean? this is the when you look at him in ECW yeah. yes he's still shorter than guys but it's not by a lot no it's 2 3 inches 4 inches so realistically that doesn't matter but when you're going to be a foot shorter than the undertaker maybe he's going to yeah. fucking stand out like sort of thumb not that i'm suggesting he fucking feuds with Taker or Kane or anything but yeah it'll be very interesting to see how they book him how they debut him and um, if 
they sustain it or whether it'll just become a comedy character or mm. it's always hard to say with the Fed because Finn's changes his mind more than I change my fucking socks. But it, it's been obviously now ECW finally got their big deal. Yeah. Finally got TV. Yeah. Two, and as you said earlier, like when you think ECW sort of three of the five main people you think about mm. have now gone. Yeah. You've lost Taz. Mm. You've lost the Dudleys. Mm. Yes, you've got Raven back. Yes, you've yeah. still got Tommy. Mm. But, but I mean, the thing is, I mean, you've got. Put yourself in this situation. If you were a booker with television, you had Taz, who'd had very little exposure apart from in your federation. Mm. He's leaving. But you've got Raven coming in, who's the bigger star. I suppose to a TV audience, Raven is the bigger star. Absolutely. Because he's been seen by more people yeah. with him being in WCW. Yeah. So, I mean, realistically, that's if, if you had to lose one and gain one, could you think of a better... I suppose that is a good trade. Yeah. Because obviously you've got, you, you have got the name value. Yeah, absolutely, with Raven, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you've got that thing where he's... I mean, I don't know how he's been used in WCW recently, but, I mean, there will always be that name where you're like, oh, that's the guy from WCW. I liked him in WCW. It's that spoiled rich child who was still miserable all the time with the weird drunk neighbour who was posh but not posh. Um, so, yeah, it's very much... I think if if you had to lose one and gain one, you obviously... Don't want to lose somebody like Taz because he is one of those guys where, if you are new to the program and you tune in, he is the kind of guy that will make you want to tune in again. Yeah. But as I say, if if you're going to lose Taz, there's probably no one better you could have come in than Raven, who knows the product and things yeah. like that. Obviously, there's bigger people you could get in. I mean, fuck me, if Stone Cold Steve Austin suddenly turned up in ECW, it'd be a fucking talking point. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it's. Um, yeah, he's got that. He's got a bit more name recognition than probably anyone else on the roster at that point. So I mean, he's yeah, that's that's good for them. I mean, uh, whether he'll be there for the long term or whether he'll piss off in six months to a year again and either go back to WCW, the Fed, or maybe to Japan, you just yeah. don't know. So whether he's working a handshake month to month deal or what. Or whether they've tried, now they've got TV, they're trying to get their guys a bit more. As I say, the signed. reports are that he has signed for the year. Yeah. But as as we found out with ECW, just. Doesn't mean you, fucking jack shit, yeah. does it? Because obviously last month we'd, we'd heard reports that Taz had signed a three year deal. Yeah. Turns out it was a handshake deal just till Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So, but it, it will be interesting to see what ECW do going forward, because obviously. As you said, they've lost a couple of the the big names or the big recognisable people that you think of when you think of ECW. Mm. But then with ECW, historically, all of these people started at nowhere with ECW. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, when you first started watching ECW, Raven come out, I'd have been like that. Is that Scotty fucking Polo? Yeah. Do you know what or, I mean? Or even gonna... if you're old, we're more old school, is that Scotty Clucking Flamingo? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's just one of those, it's just like, uh, you'd be like, is that Paulie Dangerously in the Dangerous Alliance? Yeah. And uh, you wouldn't recognise Taz or Tommy Dreamer at all, to be fair. But, I mean, it's just one of those situations where you're like, they've built their names in, 
in ECW. But again, if you don't watch it and you're new to the product. Though I would imagine yeah. at this point, Paulie is probably trying his damnedest to get a fucking deal in RBD's hands to make sure he doesn't go. Because if you lost You'd RBD... I think so. I think that would... But again, when you've got people like Jerry Lawler... Um, Jerry Lawler, fucking Jerry, Jerry Lynn. Lynn. I'm not accusing Jerry Lynn of touching children. Sorry, Jerry Lynn, not Lawler. You're a fucking pest. Um, you've almost got that like ready-made re- replacement in the fans' eyes. There, do you yeah. know what I mean? So I mean, yeah. And um, I'd quite happily lose RVD if that meant Bill Alfonso was never on telly again. But that, to me, that's a worthwhile trade. Um, yeah, he, he can get out of the Fed just. Yeah, for fuck's sake. Whistle up your arse, you prick. <laughs> oh, it's good to see that there's still that ridiculous hate to Fonzie. Oh, fuck off. He adds nothing. He's just there to hold a chair. Yeah. And, and be an annoying shit. Yeah, well, you can get anyone to do that. So, that will do for this month's show. Thank you very much, Ellie, for as always joining us in Extreme. Anytime. You'll, you'll be back again next month for a month of TV. Apparently so, yeah. Um, is there anything that you want to promote, plug, share your wares? Uh, not really. You can follow me on Twitter if you like at Yali79. That's Y U L L I E. Um, I very rarely post something there, so I'm fucking bothering. All honesty. Um, uh, Brexit's bollocks. Um, eat rich that's about it really <laughs> so as always WF as we said volume 1 WCW volume 2 ECW here in volume 3 next month 5 shows because uh, there's 2 Fed shows and a certain pay per view that happens in Las Vegas is being uh done so yes we are WrestleMania 9 no Heroes of Wrestling Jake the Snake Roberts oh is that when he pretended his snake was the dick (laughs) yes yeah yeah, that's fine we've all been there (laughs) we've all been that drunk we've all had a lizard that we thought was a cock before (laughs) we've all been that wasted Mm. Um, as always if you want to hear my music on music go show and tell with tunes Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter it's Lacey555666 if you want me just ranting about just random shit pretty much and as we said if you are enjoying the show just one solitary dollar to Patreon helps keep the lights on and until next month goodbye bye